The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with the new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com Toyota, let's go places Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure Peanut Butter M&M's because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Hi, hello, a huge fucking welcome. This is Let's Talk About Myths, baby. I'm Liv, and we are still talking about the Odyssey, and goddammit, isn't that exciting? Thank you to everyone who purchased merch during my Women's Weekend sale. Any and everything you guys do to support the show brings me closer to doing this full-time. Full-time would mean more episodes, and those episodes would be much more in-depth and research because I wouldn't have to spend my only two days off every week manically writing. Your support means everything to me, but enough about that. I'm just too excited, so let's jump straight back into this wonderful, insane madness that is Homer's Odyssey. Where we left off last time, Athena is doing her darndest to help Telemachus in his search for his father, without actually disclosing that she knows exactly where he is and what he's been doing all this time. Telemachus has spoken with two of his father's friends, Nestor and Menelaus, and finally, he has an idea. Meanwhile, though, the suitors who have been after Penelope all these years are laying in wait for Telemachus's return so that they can kill him before he returns to Ithaca to continue annoying them all. They're overreacting, I would say, but then they're assholes. This is episode 48, 
It's all Calypso. Odysseus's journey begins. The Odyssey, Part 2. Sing muses of Calypso and her island. The goddess of the dawn rises in the morning. She stretches her arms out in that satisfying kind of way and yawns. Probably, I'm assuming. The point is, it's dawn. Athena meets with Zeus to, once again, rant to him about the hardships of Odysseus, who is being kept by Calypso on her island. Oh, Calypso. She desperately wants to marry old Odysseus, but he's just not down with that. He loves his wife. What a concept. Athena speaks with her father, telling him basically everything I just recapped to you. Zeus, though, knows his daughter, and, well, he accuses her of engineering much of what's gone down, simply because of how much she'd enjoy seeing Odysseus return and take revenge on all the suitors that have been essentially terrorizing his wife and home all these years. I mean, I don't totally blame Athena for wanting to see that. I mean, I kind of want to see that. But still, Zeus listens to what Athena has to say, and after he's heard her out, Zeus turns to Hermes, his messenger god, and asks him to go down to speak with Calypso. He's to tell her that Zeus says she has to give up her boy toy. Odysseus needs to be able to return home. He's been through enough. And boy, has he. Zeus continues, telling Hermes that Odysseus, upon leaving Calypso's island, will drift along the ocean for 20 days, since he must construct himself a raft in order to get off the island, and he's unlikely to be particularly good at it. And then he'll arrive in the land of the Phaeacians, where they will heap gold on him and bring him home, finally, to Ithaca. Hermes takes off. He puts on his fancy-schmancy sandals, and he grabs his fancy-schmancy wand that can make people fall asleep and wake up as necessary, and he shoots into the sky. Now, Hermes likes to make a show of his journeys, so he flies high and then low, and even lower, and into the water, shooting in and out like a magical dolphin, before he finally lands on Calypso's island. Hermes finds Calypso on her island, in a cave, where she weaves. Women did a lot of weaving, both goddesses and humans. Participating in these precious womanly arts is very important in ancient Greece. Calypso is weaving on her island that smells of citrus and pine, like she's been burning an ancient candle from Bath and Body Works. As she weaves, Calypso sings, and boy can she sing. She sings so beautifully, and her island is so mesmerizing that Hermes is quite taken with the whole situation. Finally, though, once he's shaken himself from this, Hermes realizes that while he's found Calypso, he hasn't found who he's actually there looking for. Odysseus is nowhere to be found. That's because Odysseus sits on the shore of the island, as he does more often than not, and he stares out into the depths of the sea, and he cries. Odysseus stares longingly as he sobs, missing his home and his family so very much. Back at the cave, Calypso plies Hermes with ambrosia and nectar, and he eats and drinks his fill before he finally explains to her what's brought him there. He's there, he tells her, on Zeus's orders, not his own. He's there to pass on Zeus's order that she free Odysseus and let him return to his family. That's his fate. He's been through enough. 
and Calypso, well, Calypso is not thrilled with the idea of having to give up her man just because Zeus is telling her to. She goes off on Hermes and through him the rest of the male gods. She calls them out on their double standard. They take issue only when women are the ones in charge, when women are the ones taking men for their own desires. She notes that they took issue with the goddess of the dawn taking Orion, and when Demeter took Iazion. She's angry and righteous, and she will not be letting this go easily. She tells Hermes that she saved Odysseus, and from Zeus, no less. That Zeus hit his ship with lightning and burst the thing into pieces, that everyone but Odysseus was killed, and that he floated to her home, and there she nursed him back to health, and vowed to keep him with her. And in doing so, she'd be keeping him away from the ravages of time and the very concept of death. With her, he can live forever. But even with all this, all her reasons for keeping Odysseus and the doubled standards of the gods, she knows she can't actually go against the will of Zeus. So she tells Hermes that, fine, she'll let him go. But she doesn't have a ship for him. She doesn't have a means of him getting home. Though she'll share with Odysseus what she can, whatever she can tell him that might help him in his new journey, and whatever she can give him to get him along the way. With this announcement, Hermes reiterates that she must do this quickly lest she anger Zeus further, and then he leaves. He doesn't want to spend another minute on the island. He's already complained that there was no point in being there, that there were no human cities close enough where he could be gifted with a sacrifice. And if there isn't a dead animal being burned in your honor, what is even the point? So Calypso finds Odysseus, where he sits by the sea, tearfully missing his family. There's only one note that takes away the sympathy one might feel for Odysseus in this moment. You see, we're told he sits by the sea and he cries for his wife and son. He misses them desperately. But he misses them desperately because he's gotten bored with Calypso. So let's not delude ourselves into thinking he's being held there against his will all these years. No, Odysseus was very much a willing participant for some, if not most, of his stay with Calypso. But now, now he misses his family. He loves his wife, but this is Greek mythology, so one can love their wife and sleep with many other women at the same time. In any event, he wants to go home now, and Calypso finds him and tells him exactly this. She will allow him to go home because she's been ordered to, not because she wants to. She tells him now he should build a raft, and that she'll send him with food and water and wine. The Greeks didn't go anywhere without a nice wine, so that he doesn't die. Odysseus, though, has seen some shit and absolutely does not trust what Calypso has just told him. He's incredulous and mad, saying she must have some sort of other plan in mind. He points out that she's telling him to travel all that way in just a raft, when even stable ships have been unable to. No, he says, he's not going anywhere on a raft unless she swears she doesn't have something far more tragic in mind for him. This only makes Calypso like him more, but she does indeed promise there's nothing tricky afoot. No, she tells him he is indeed being allowed to go home. But does he really want to go? She asks. He will face quite the journey getting back, and she knows he misses his wife, but she also knows that she has a much better body than Penelope, so maybe Odysseus really does want to stay with her instead. She's hotter, she points out, and immortal, and she can make him immortal too. Calypso does, quite literally, compare her body to Penelope's. 
Even though Calypso is indeed hotter and with a better body, Odysseus concedes, he still wants to return home to his less hot wife. And so, it's decided Odysseus will return home, even if he encounters even more trouble en route. He and Calypso seal the deal with some sex, just some good old-fashioned goodbye sex. He doesn't want to miss out on one more time with a super-hot immortal goddess. The time has come. Odysseus, with the help of Calypso and her tools, builds himself a raft. She provides everything he needs for his journey, and finally, finally, Odysseus sets out on his way home to Ithaca. After eight days, just as Zeus predicted, he spots the land of the Phaeacians. It's just in the distance, rising up from the sea. But just as Odysseus spots this precious, precious land, Poseidon spots Odysseus. Ah, the gods and their anger. They really should consider a group therapy session. Poseidon sees Odysseus and realizes that this must mean the other gods have changed their minds when it comes to the fate of this man. He's being allowed to return home, but not if Poseidon has anything to say about it. Poseidon begins riling up the sea and the wind and the waves, and he tosses a terrifying storm towards Odysseus, who sails only in his sad, dinky little raft. Odysseus is tossed about in the sea. The waves tip his raft, and he's thrown into the water. He's swirled around and pushed under and can barely break the surface long enough for a breath of air. He panics. He knows he's going to die here and now, and he wishes he'd just died at Troy all those years ago. That way, he would have had honor and a funeral, but now he'll die at the hands of the sea, and no one will ever know what happened to him. Finally, though, he manages to find his raft amongst the roiling sea, and he climbs back on, holding on for dear life. And this is when another goddess spots him. I know, the daughter of Cadmus and Harmonia, who was transformed into a goddess after years as a human. She sees Odysseus and takes pity on him. She tells him how to survive. He must strip down, his wet clothes are weighing him, and he must let go of his raft. It won't do any good as he no longer has any means of steering it. That was lost in the storm. Let go of everything, she tells him, and swim to shore. Take only this, she hands him a scarf that she's been wearing. It will keep you safe from danger and death, and when you reach the shore, just throw it back out into the sea. With this, Aino leaves him and Odysseus knows the proposal she's given him is his best and only option if he wants to survive this storm being thrown at him. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. 
With the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma. Delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style, the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable and with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. After dealing with more of this storm and once again questioning the advice of a goddess, Odysseus does make it to Phaeacia, though only with the help of Athena. It's a tough journey just reaching the shore. There's rocky cliffs and crashing waves, and it's a whole to do. But finally, Odysseus makes it. He's on dry land. Whew. It's late, and he's so, so exhausted, so Odysseus finds a close grouping of trees, tucks himself in with a bed of leaves and a blanket of leaves, and for the first time in days and days, he sleeps. While Odysseus sleeps, Athena makes her way to Phaeacia to speak with the princess Nausicaa. Athena appears to Nausicaa as the girl's best friend, telling her that if she wants to find a husband, which she obviously does, you know, for patriarchal societal reasons, that she should really just go out and do a shit ton of laundry. Oh, and when she does, she should take a cart because it's far. This is all Athena's way of setting up a bit of a meet-cute of sorts between Nausicaa and Odysseus. Not that it's a setup, really, just a means of having him discovered by a young and pretty girl and not someone else. Anyway, Athena has weird ways, but it works. Nausicaa, some friends, and a load of slaves made their way down to the beach where they will do some laundry. And while it's drying, they play catch with a ball, which is just endearing, frankly. And while they're doing this, Athena knows it's time. She causes Odysseus to wake up to the sound of these girls. Hearing voices, he knows he has to find the source. Hopefully whoever's there will be helpful, providing him with some food and shelter. So, being completely naked from his escapades earlier, Odysseus grabs a branch to hide his business, and he creeps out from behind the trees. The group of girls are, rightfully, quite startled by this. There's a very, very haggard and dirty-looking naked man climbing out from the bushes with a leaf covering his junk. That is not something a group of young girls really wants to come upon. But Athena fills Nausicaa with courage, and so she waits to hear what Odysseus has to say. 
He thinks fast. Flattery, that's the answer. So Odysseus goes on a long, long ramble about how beautiful Nausicaa is, how she's as pretty as Artemis, and how he once traveled to Delos and saw a magical tree, and just like that, this girl caught his eye. It's all very showy and really quite odd, but it does the trick. Odysseus's endless, over-the-top flattery totally saves him. Nausicaa tells him who she is, that she's the princess of the Phaeacians, and that's where he is. And she tells him that she'll show him to the town. She calls on her slave girls not to be afraid, but to help him. So the girls bring him to the river where he can have a nice bath. They give him some olive oil, which the ancient Greeks would just rub on their skin like moisturizer. And they give him some clothes from the laundry they'd just cleaned. Odysseus is a bit of a gentleman here, too, and being quite the opposite of many a Greek god, he tells the girls he's not comfortable being naked around them, so could they please hang back while he scrubs up? And boy, does he. Odysseus cleans up nice. But then on top of that, Athena makes him even nicer. Athena pours handsomeness all over Odysseus, making him pretty damn irresistible. And it works. As soon as Nausicaa sees him, she comments on how much hotter he is now that he's washed and dressed, and that she could really see herself with a man like that. With the help of Nausicaa, Odysseus makes his way into the city of Phaeacia. She's given him a bunch of instructions, but that's just a lot of Homeric filler. So let's just say he follows those instructions and makes it into the city. When he's there, Athena appears to him as a servant girl and leads him into the palace to meet with the king and queen. When he gets there, Athena appears to him as a servant girl and leads him to the palace grounds to meet with the king and queen. En route, she provides Odysseus with a bit of history on Phaeacia, which includes a rape by Poseidon, Apollo killing a guy, an uncle marrying his niece, and the children those two had together. (laughs) Greek mythology. In the end, though, what's important is that the king and the queen are to meet with Odysseus, and he should know that the queen is very smart, which is an awesome detail. Together, those two will help him return to Ithaca. When he reaches the palace grounds, Athena, though she's no longer with him, shrouds him in mist, as if he wanders the palace grounds completely invisible. He's invisible until he's at the feet of Arete, the queen. He wraps his arms around her feet, and then he reappears, which is not frightening at all. Once the king and queen have seen Odysseus, he speaks. He tells them that he's been gone from his home for so, so long, and that he's there begging them to help him return. He misses his family. He's been gone so, so long. The king, Alcinous, agrees with Odysseus. Though he is a bit worried at first, thinking perhaps that this man is actually a god in disguise, there to trick them or for some other mysterious or nefarious reason. But Odysseus is adamant. He's a human and all he wants is to return home. He's seen so, so many things. So eventually... The king agrees they must help Odysseus return home. Arete, though, is smart, just as she was described. While she lets her husband speak and decide these things, she is looking closely at Odysseus. He's wearing clothes she wove herself. She'd know them anywhere. 
So she asks his story. Where's he from? Where'd he get those clothes? Didn't he arrive drifting in the sea? So Odysseus begins this version of his story. He's careful about how much he tells. There's an island, he tells Arete and Alcinous, in the sea, called Ogygia. There Calypso lives, the daughter of Atlas himself. He tells them that he was brought there by Zeus, who crashed his ship, and all his men were killed, and so he was alone. There, he tells them, Calypso treated him lovingly. She promised him immortality, freedom from time. But his heart was never turned, though he stayed with her for seven long years. Until, finally, Zeus ordered Calypso to set him free. And he continues the story from there, of his raft drifting along in the sea, of the storm, of Poseidon's anger, before he finally spotted their own land, and that there, on their land, he met the girls who helped him and gave him these clothes that Arete rove herself. Alcinous is moved by Odysseus's story, telling him what a fine man he is, and maybe does he instead want to stay here and marry Nausicaa? He'd be given a house and riches, maybe? No? Okay, fine. He can also go home if that's what he wants. The next morning, they set to planning Odysseus's departure. The king holds a council where he addresses the people of Phaeacia, asking them to volunteer to accompany Odysseus on his ship as he makes his way home. But this is ancient Greece, so they must have a feast before anyone is on their way. They love a good feast. So they sacrifice a whole bunch of animals, because again, my god, so many animals had to die for the gods. And they put together a real party, including a bard, a poet, who is blind, but so skilled. He sings a story of Troy, of the argument between Achilles and Odysseus. An argument that has become famous in the eight years since the end of the war, making its way to Phaeacia. Oh, and by the way, no one in Phaeacia has been told the name of their guest. They know some of his hardships, but they don't know who he is. And so the poet sings of the famed argument between godlike Achilles and famous, cunning Odysseus. The poet sings of the fight between these men, how it only spurs Agamemnon further in his pursuit of this war with Troy. But as he sings, Odysseus cries. He hides it, hiding his face, but he weeps. And then the poet will pause and Odysseus would compose himself, trying to act normal. And then the poet continues, and so Odysseus does as well. Though no one else noticed, Alcinous sees Odysseus's tears, and he stops the poet. He stops him, telling everyone gathered for the feast that they've heard enough, and instead they should continue the celebration with a contest of skills outside. And they do. There's a whole slew of contests, wrestling and running and jumping, and oh man, did the Greeks love to be active. Can't relate. Anyway, there's a really extensive and long scene with everyone competing and Odysseus competing, and it's not something that can be properly described in this format. So, you know, it's a big, long thing. And everyone is very impressive and manly. And then there's dancing, so much dancing. And then the poet tells the story of that time Aphrodite and Ares hook up and piss off Hephaestus. So he chains them up and embarrasses them. And you can hear the full story in my Aphrodite episode. Once this story has been told, the group feasts yet again. Truly, they love a good feast. This time, though, 
Odysseus singles out the poet and gifts him with some of the best meat they have there and tells him how wonderfully he sang of the argument between Achilles and Odysseus that it was so accurate he might as well have been there. So, he says, since you told that story so beautifully, maybe you could tell the story of the wooden horse. And if that one is as perfect as the last, I'll believe you were really there or you got your stories from someone who was. Now Odysseus is just asking for tears. The poet sings of the horse and how famous, cunning Odysseus brought it into the city of Troy, how it was filled with Greeks, and at just the right time, they flooded out and into Troy. How that horse is how they won. It's how they tricked the Trojans with the help of cunning, wily Odysseus. Meanwhile, again, Odysseus is crying, and Alcinous is the only one to notice. This has gone on long enough, he thinks. So he stops the poet once more, and he asks Odysseus point blank, What's your name? What country are you from? Tell us about your wanderings, he asks Odysseus. Where did you go? Who did you meet? And, most importantly, why are you so affected by the stories from Troy? Why have you been crying from every story? Did you lose a loved one at Troy? Alcinous asks. The man they don't know is Odysseus? Cliffhanger! Kind of. Oh, friends, thank you all for listening. I have to say, while I've planned some women-centric mini-myth episodes for this Women's History Month, it's also worked out quite nicely that we're covering the Odyssey, because it has so many women characters, and so many of them are strong badasses to boot. Penelope, Calypso, Nausicaa, Arity, and we haven't even really gotten started. Most of you know another one that's coming, because there's a book you're all obsessed with. So, happy March! Just a heads up, too, I will be taking a very short hiatus from the podcast next month. There will be no episodes during the first two weeks of April. This is because I'm taking a little holiday where I won't be able to record, but also because I need a bit of time to keep powering through both the novel I want you all to read and the book of mythology I want you all to read. And sadly, there are just so many hours in the day. So don't be surprised when you don't see episodes those weeks. I'll be returning April 16th. I also should have the episode on the movie Troy up in the Patreon in April as well. Thank you for your patience on that one. And finally, I really wanted to try to find a more organic way of bringing the glass straw song Ape Doss Mail into this episode, but I couldn't swing it elsewhere but the title. Well, it's all Calypso, but it's not easy to know. That's a reference for, I don't know, maybe one of you? Please let me know if that one is you. Thank you all again. As usual, please follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm most active on Twitter and Instagram, so come hang out with me there. Smith's baby everywhere. As mentioned, too, I'll be doing something special, including a contest where you can win merch when I reach 10,000 followers on Instagram. And it's getting so close. So follow me. And please, if you haven't, give me a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps build the show. And the more the show grows, the more mythological madness I can bring to you guys every week. I love you all. I'm Liv, and I fucking love this shit. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. 
pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or... Check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness. Kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day.